Hello and welcome to Viva Pod Vegas. Oh, thank you very much for listening. This is episode 22, Priscilla from 2023. I'm Mike Manzi. And I'm Joey Lewandowski. And Mike, this is not a classic Elvis movie. This is a new release. We did this last year for Boz Lerman's Elvis. We did it this year for Riley Keough's War Pony. And here we are for Sofia Coppola's Priscilla, starring Kaylee Spaney and Jacob Elordi. Yes, very fun. So Priscilla, obviously in theaters now. When teenage Priscilla Bulo Bulo Bulo, I man, I heard them pronounce it last time. Again, sorry, apologies. We don't know much about Elvis's history, but I never saw it written till right now. B e a u l i e u Bulo Bulu Bulu. We'll just say when teenage Priscilla meets Elvis Presley, the man who was already a meteoric rock and roll superstar becomes someone entirely unexpected in private moments. A thrilling crush, an ally in loneliness, a vulnerable best friend. This is directed by someone you will eventually cover on your other podcast, directed by Sofia Coppola. Very yeah. exciting. Um, before I get to the trivia, Mike, overall, first thoughts. What do you think of Priscilla? Overwhelming and incredibly understated, you know, like at the same time. Like, I liked it a lot. Uh, it, it wasn't quite what I thought it was going to be, but it was pretty close. Like knowing Sophia's style, I was hoping it was going to be something like this, and I enjoyed it. You know, uh, the overall, yeah, I was uh, was pretty stunned. What did you think it was going to be? If you said it's not what you thought it was going to be, what did you think it was going to be? Um, I just thought that there would be more of an like. Okay, so it's very like it's only from Priscilla's point of view like strictly you know so mm-hmm. um there's no kind of misconstruing like who we're seeing this world through like whose lens whose eyes like we're watching the world through there's there's no question about that and i i was not expecting it to be quite as centered as that you know like i thought we were going to get not more elvis necessarily but more other characters in her life you know um mm. but maybe that's the point there just weren't any other people uh, around at the time um, and like that's part of the movie like I, I, it's the other thing I didn't know very much about Priscilla her personal life with Elvis from the Baz Luhrmann movie she's not in it very much right I think we see why uh, so yeah it was just a lot to kind of learn about well so she's not really in that movie and I I felt a little sad for you we have basically no Colonel Tom Parker in this movie like he's on the phone with him they mentioned yeah, a couple he's on times the phone. yeah no yeah just a mention he's like this like guy behind the scenes pulling all the strings it's really eerie we get i don't remember how much we get of vernon presley in elvis i don't think we have a ton we get like a fair amount in here right of just like a menacing kind of like almost colonel tom figure right where it's yeah, like oh we get a lot in the boz one i feel like he's always around and okay. he's always like you know picking elvis up uh like emotionally he's always trying to be in high spirits and then he's it always seems like he's the guy borrowing money <laughs> on that kind of thing and like the deadbeat at times like here he comes across as like way different yeah like pissed and upset all the time <laughs> and the important thing and we're going to talk about this but the important thing that i loved about this is like basically so okay I think this is a very perfect compliment to last year's movie in that that was from his perspective and also kind of Colonel Tom. This is exclusively, as you were saying, from hers. That covers so much of the music. This, and I'll get into this in a second, almost does none of the music sort of by force. But what this almost exclusively focuses on Elvis's career is his movies. And I was just like, oh, man. Oh, man. Do I know? Do we know everything? When there's like the Anne Margaret stuff, I'm just like, oh. 
Oh boy. Yes. Yeah. That was great. And Viva Las, yeah, when we were like, we're Viva Las Vegas boys. And like, no, that's a good, because that, I feel like we got the bump from the mentions in the Baz yeah. Luhrmann film. So hopefully this movie is going to uh, have even more people looking at the Elvis films. Like, what was he doing in Hollywood? So here's the trivia about this. There's a handful of interesting things on IMDb about this. So Elvis Presley Enterprises. Wait, do you know anything about the backstory of this? Like the making of, like the, the sort of the controversies or no? A little bit about the music. Yeah, I was I was ready for the music stuff, and I was blown away by some of it. Okay, so Elvis Presley Enterprises declined their approval for both the film and their permission to use Elvis's songs in the film. So Sofia Coppola, who, by the way, her cousin, Nicolas Cage, patron saint of our network. So just want to mention that. Uh, so instead, Sofia Coppola used contemporary music by her husband's band, Phoenix, and cover versions of songs from the film's era. I also want to say, mm. uh, of important note, her husband is also the father of Romy Croquette, um, who is the <laughs> greatest Young person, filmmaker of greatest our filmmaker generation. Of their, their generation. <laughs> so, you know, we'll talk about the, the music in this and the stuff like that, but it's, yeah. it's crazy. It's just like, they're like, you cannot use his music. Yeah, it's wild, too. And and I wasn't prepared to see, like, I know this was based on Priscilla's book, but I, uh -huh. I didn't know she was so heavily involved in this production, like a producer, etc., like all that kind of stuff. So, you know, that just lends some kind of like that coupled with the idea that the estate saw it and was like, we don't want to contribute lends it gives it a little more like, oh, this probably is how how it went down more so than not in my eyes. So a month before filming, Lisa Marie, who is, she oh, is not, but baby baby Lisa is in this movie, uh, reached out to Sofia Coppola with concerns about the, quote, shockingly vengeful and contemptuous script, quote, my father only comes across as a predator and manipulative. As his daughter, mm -hmm. I don't read this and see any of my father in this character. She went on to tell Coppola that she would speak out against the film after its release, quote, I will be forced to be in a position where I will have to openly say how I feel about this film and go against you, my mother, and this film publicly. And then unfortunately, she died four months after this started shooting. So, but yeah, Lisa Marie uh, hates, hated the script, I guess. Like, I don't know if she ever, I don't think she saw the movie because I don't think the movie was done by the time she passed away, but like, yeah. she did not want this movie to be made. Like, I mean, look, Elvis does not look like great, right? But like, I wouldn't say that's the only way he looks in this movie, you know? Like, there are times when it's like, despite the way he's acting, I still feel bad for Elvis at times, you know? Like, there's, there's still like that empathy there, you know? Uh, it's it's very complex, complex and unusual relationship that I, you know, it's very, it's weird uh, on, on so many levels. <laughs> like, it's hard to comprehend, you know? It could only have been some kind of like moment of kindred spirits that like one can't put into words, you know what I'm saying? Like... But anyway, like to try to, to start to try to deconstruct that relationship. No, and I think I think this is also where like having seen last year's movie helps because you realize that like Elvis, like he didn't like live the life he wanted to live either. You know what I mean? Like he was being manipulated and like, right. again, the stuff in this movie, which we'll talk about, like is not excusable by any stretch of the imagination, but it's not like he was just like living his best life and like, you know, just raining down anger on Priscilla. It's like he was being... Right manipulated and bullied and controlled in a way and like you know again yeah that's how it, it seemed like you know in the ways that the colonel was treating elvis that sort of rolled downhill mm -hmm. and elvis started treating priscilla that way you know and it's like she never treated anyone poorly it seemed which is you know amazing uh 
you know, just like the strength she had to have to like you know, keep it together in that situation. But like, yeah, like that's the thing It's like looking at Elvis in the movie, there are even those moments where uh, Priscilla says like, you know, oh, can you please stop with the books? And he's like, never. And then the next scene, the colonel's on the phone and he's like, yeah, I'll stop with the books. And like yep. the colonel told me. So it's like such a difficult, like, you know, controlling, you know, crazy thing going on. Yeah. And I also, you know, I think that there is, like you were saying, Elvis is not only portrayed negatively or whatever, but I think there is something, like what this movie captures, and, you know, there's there's dark sides to this too, but like, when he looks at you, like nothing else matters, right? Like there is like that <laughs> thing like, wait, he, want, he wants me to come back to his house? Like he wants me, right? Like that whole like, like there's something about that that is both intoxicating and exciting but also kind of scary where it's like he knows how old she is and that's something yeah. that the elvis the boz movie like shies away from like they only like they right. make you do a little bit of mental math They're like wait how old how old is she like where he basically like, you know I, like elvis is 24 and he's like 10 years old or what you know what i mean but it's just like yeah he he says to her in this movie like what are you a junior or senior she's like, ninth and he goes ninth what she goes ninth grade she goes he goes oh you're just a baby right and then like <laughs> immediately just like no i'm in love with you and so that's not great. I'm yeah. glad the movie focused on that in a way that the Elvis movie didn't. But there is something to like the charisma, which you know is portrayed as both a positive and a negative. But there is there's yeah. there's positivity there in terms of just like this guy had something right. So to say it's only negative isn't fair. Although they also kind of spin that in like the uh, ooh, not, maybe not great. No, I mean it's tough because you could tell that he. I feel like I mean I want to believe he genuinely cared. For her like you almost get the sense that when she looks at him it's the same way he looks at her like as if to say like i can't believe she is in love with me you know yeah. i'm elvis presley and i can't believe this girl wants to be with me like it's you get a little bit of that feeling in this movie you know so that that came across and also they also go into way more about how like elvis is grieving really hard and he'll never stop right and they also get into a lot about um the pills and and the drugs way more i well not way more but like as much i didn't realize it went on this side too but but just to speak upon like the age thing more they never stop drilling that in you know she'll get to graceland halfway through the movie and the other women there are like women and they're like well she's just a little girl yeah and like all yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. and it's just constantly reminding you of of that gap yeah, and I think it's important. I think that, like, I would imagine a lot of people who are listening to our podcast who love Elvis probably might not love this movie, um, you know, because I think, you know, there's, there, you know, we, we have covered movies, covered actors that were, you know, sort of turn a blind, sort of separate the art from the artist, whatever. Um, I think it's probably a lot of people who, like, don't want to think of Elvis like this, right? But like, I think there is value in seeing both sides. I think there, there's probably... You know, there's also like we don't have Elvis's version, right? Like we have basically we have Colonel Tom's, yeah. we have Priscilla's. Um, I think the truth is probably somewhere in between. I would imagine this is you know, they're all they're all true, right? But I think there's some other sort of third version of this that is probably true. Um, mm -hmm. I'm glad. Like I think that the the complimentary the last year movie to this year movie is very valuable in terms of like seeing two sides to even though they're different events two sides to one man right yeah yeah and and you see i think what another thing this movie did really well whether it was trying to or not is to show how much he kind of wanted to separate himself from his image like he would want to come home and kind of yeah in a way 
like just be a family man or something, you know? And it's like, I don't know how to do this. Let's go shoot guns in the yard. Like, mm-hmm. that's what couples do. It's like, I don't know. Like, we're too rich to live like normal people, but like, I want to try and do a normal thing. Like, let's stay in bed for a week. Um, you know? Uh, so, like, all that stuff is interesting. And it's like, it, it, I don't know. It didn't really come across as much in the other movie about how much he was kind of like, like, almost a split personality like when he was in Graceland with her you never got the sense that he was the rock star Elvis right and you never really got the sense that she ever got to see the rock star Elvis you know like he just wanted to be winding down the whole time he was home and just relaxing and everything so and there's value to that but it's also like you know she she originally was in love with like the rock star right the guy who sings Heartbreak Hotel her favorite song and then mm-hmm. she meets him and just like he's Elvis like with almost like a lowercase e not you know not right you know what I mean but like not I also do want to say, uh, you know, obviously Kaylee Spaney is great. We'll talk about her. I think, controversially maybe, I think Jacob Elordi is a better Elvis than Austin Butler was. Okay, so um, I'm right there with you. Like, you know, it really captured a lot of, like, the Elvis mannerisms that I didn't know he had that came into full view, like his his like restless legs mm-hmm. or like his uh like his um stutter or something like that you know he'd always be like oh now i'm gonna say something or like Whoa. like he drag like he had a yep. very int- like sort of i don't know way of talking uh i love yeah i kind of got lost in it a lot faster and it was just i don't know way more naturalistic like i just elvis just felt like another guy I think part of that is like what we're saying, though, that we only see him as a man and not as Elvis. Right. And so I think but I also I think like it's also different because he's not the star. He's like he's definitely second fiddle. I mean, he's in a lot of this movie, but he's second fiddle. But like when he's on screen and maybe not that I really know Austin Butler, like I've seen more of Jacob Elordi just having watched Euphoria. Like I knew Austin Butler from like Once Upon a Time. Right. And like a couple other small things. But so it's not like I have this like whole history. I'm like, oh, I see. Like you know, when we see like a new Nicolas Cage movie, we're like, or or an Elvis movie, we're like, oh, there's Elvis. Like he's playing a character, but like that's Elvis, right? Uh-huh. Like Austin Butler, I'm like, oh, that's Austin Butler, like really trying to go full tilt Elvis. And here, I'm just like, no, that's Elvis. Like that's like it. It felt, and maybe I think I think it is like a, a maybe it's not. I don't know. I was gonna say like it's an easier lift to just be like the man, but maybe it's not. I don't know because it feels like there's so much footage of mm-hmm. him like in concerts and stuff, but. I don't know, but I was just like, no, this is, he's so good. He's so good. Yeah. At at times, the Elvis, the other movie felt more like a cartoon or a caricature. And I think that was the point, right? That he was larger than life. Yep. And in this one, it really pulls him back to be like person first. Like, and mm-hmm. I guess that's because that's how Priscilla eventually would end up seeing him, right? It's like you get her, she sees one performance according to the movie. And that's at the army base in Germany where he's, playing the piano for everybody you know like the first or second time they meet and so to do that i think that's i think that's more difficult for sure and i yeah i think he did a fantastic job you know and it's funny too because at the end of the movie he kind of catches up to the Baz Luhrmann Elvis, right? And they take the portrait of him with the cane and the big glasses and the jumpsuit. And then you see him at the in the hotel. That that almost feels like a deleted scene. Um, the last time she sees Elvis in the movie uh, from the other movie and stuff. So, like, it's funny how it does eventually, like, she collides with that version and then she pieces out. You know, yeah. she's like, I'm gone. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about... 
Elvis's movie career, because I think there's something exciting about, like, we never really see him on set, because it's, again, as you were saying, as we were saying, following Priscilla, so he only, like, calls from set. But there's something very exciting to me about she's reading, she's basically following him through headlines, through tabloids, like, the kind of thing that we've been talking about is trivia on these movies, right? Like, mm-hmm. him and Anne Margaret, like, oh, are they engaged? Like, what does Priscilla think? Whatever, right? Or, like, him on set, like, making out with people and just being captured and stuff, and... I think that's all really good. But what I was excited by is, like, they're recreating these, like, magazine spreads with Jacob Elordi's Elvis, which also, to me, means that, like, they cast Anne Margaret. They cast all these different people that we've been we've been covering. And I'm just like, there's so much, like, I don't yeah. know if they ever, like, shot footage with her. Like, probably not, because that wasn't the point of the movie. But I'm just like, I wonder how much, if it was just, like, a girl who kind of looks like Anne Margaret, who they can do, like, a photo shoot with for an afternoon. Like, but there's so much detail where I'm like, oh, no, this is this is good. Yeah, I love that call when he's like, oh, man, the director's going nuts. Like, there's nothing but problems. Like, they're giving the songs to Anne Margaret now. Like, the colonel's, like, losing it. And, and that's also, like, didn't they shuffle those movies, too? Like, uh, they shot Viva Las Vegas, but they released it, like, a movie later or something. So, like, mm-hmm. I was thinking of all those other production issues going on. And then he'd always end the phone call with, like, I'll see you in a couple weeks. They're like, <laughs> like a couple weeks, you're going to go shoot another movie yeah. right after yep. that is the yep. reason, you know? <laughs> well, also, you know, there's the scene of him in, like, in bed, and he's just like, all these scripts suck, you know, live a little, laugh oh, yes. love a little, like, tickle me. Like, they're all like this. Tickle I need, I need something better. So I'm like, I'm like, you make every single one of those movies. They're all real titles. And, like, you know, who knows Shout if that's how it really me, played bro. or not. But, like, I think that's also, like, a way to sort of take Elvis down a peg a little bit, maybe. Just, like... Well, like, you know, he hated all us, but he made it all. Like, they weren't giving him better roles. Although it is also, it's it's nice to see him, like, when they go on that date to the movie, and, like, he's, like, quoting along, and she's like, I think you could be a good actor. Like, you could see that he really wants it. He just... We, I mean, we saw King Creole. I mean, he, yeah. he, was, he, he was toe-to-toe with uh, Walter Matthau in that movie. Like, it, it, like you know, like, like up there, you know, like, yeah. elite. You know, and it's like, he wasn't wrong. Like, he, he just, they just kept sending him. It was like, you know, we, we mentioned on the show, it was like, it was like a more like a TV show they were doing. And every week he was in like a new state or he had a new job or he had yep. a different name. And it was just like that episode of the Elvis show, but like feature length. So I think he wasn't wrong. So that was a great scene too, where she's like, why don't you just ask for a better script? And he's like, it don't work that way. But it's mm-hmm. like, you're fucking Elvis. Like capital E, and this is like know, around I comeback think, like, he's special. Still, he still like has to answer to Colonel Tom, and Colonel Tom probably like it doesn't work that way. Like we we get the roles that we want that no, we that we get. You do not do nothing. I write it all down on a piece of paper, and I keep it in my pocket, and I yeah. will let you know. Yeah. Like, oh, damn, it's it's so weird because you know what strikes me is like we get frustrated talking about you know. Elvis sometimes and like the problems he had can you only imagine like this movie really does a good job at times of showing frustration seeping through to their like intimate relationship you know it gets to a point where like they're fighting for no reason almost just because it's like other people coming at them Mm -hmm. you know she's like probably like totally annoyed by the other women like in their little comments and like all the restrictions by the colonel doesn't even want the the public to know she exists like that and then elvis having like no choice but of the matter like yeah it, that is t- tough shit i think the movie also like does a good job of like hinting at things that i'm sure she dealt with like like that you can't really just keep doing because like the movie would get boring and annoying but like when elvis buys her the dog she's just like on the front porch or the front yard like playing with the dog and the woman comes home and she's just, like you can't be making a spectacle like, like she, she's just sitting up there playing with the dog and there's like you can't yeah. make a spectacle of yourself like this get in the house and she's like 
okay. And like, I'm sure like that happened every day, at least until she like, quote unquote, like learned better. You know what I mean? Or like Mm. hanging out with the girls who are answering Elvis's fan mail and then Vernon coming in and being like, you got to go because they have to do work. It's not like in a fun way, like, oh, you know, like you had your fun or whatever, but just like get the fuck out because they need, they have a job to do. Yeah. And it just, it feels impossibly oppressive. It, that's interesting you, you bring those moments up because it's like there must have been hundreds of those moments, right? But you can only really focus on one of them and say like, oh, it, you know, this happened a lot. Uh, but if and that's how the movie feels. It feels like it's it's like the minimalist version of what went down because if you saw like the full amount, you couldn't you we probably like couldn't handle it, you know, like it was probably hard, yeah. hard as hell to handle. I think one of the craziest case in points is like. Every time you see the gates of Graceland, there are fans, uh-huh. crazy fans outside. And and there's not like that many in the movie, but you could imagine in real life, 24-7, there probably was like a mob oh, scene yeah. outside of that place all the time. So like you almost you almost only get the perspective of Priscilla like kind of looking over her shoulder at things. Yeah. Like so also when that. she goes to his house in Germany for the first time and there's people oh, yeah. waiting outside there too. And like there's no gate. There's no protection. It's just like girls outside and like you know, the, the couple who brings her there walks out of the door and knocks, but like, what's to stop those girls from knocking on the door or rushing the door or what, like just decorum, right? Like, they're just, they, there's no, man, it's crazy. It's so funny, too, to, to see, like, Elvis wasn't on the base. Like, Elvis lived in a house, like, somewhere in Germany, like a nice place. He didn't, he wasn't, like, on call or anything. Like, he was just hanging, you know, it was all just like a publicity stunt, like Elvis in the army. It's like, you know, kind of didn't seem like he was really in the army. Yeah. I got the impression too, like maybe he's just around for like morale or like playing songs or whatever, right? Like, I don't or know. it's just like you know, we you, like you have to go to Germany and you have to be enlisted because it's like the the war and you know this and that. But like we're gonna we're not actually gonna send you to like basic training or the front lines or any of that kind of shit. You're Elvis, right? <laughs> I do want to talk about Kaylee Spaney because we have not talked about her enough. I knew her before as, and I think I've, I've framed her as such in past episodes when we talked about this movie, as Boots from Bad Times of the El Royale. Like, she's the young girl, the younger sister of Dakota okay. Johnson, who is just sitting on the beach, and Chris Hemsworth comes up like a golden god, like, backlit by the sun, and, like, she joins his cult. But, like, she was, she's fun in that movie. Um, she was in Pacific Uprising, a Pacific Rim Uprising. She's been in a handful of things that I've seen. I mostly know her from that, but, like, I don't really know her as a lead in stuff and then she killed it like she was so good in this movie yeah yeah there were so many times where i thought i was watching um young natalie portman Mm. i was like i was like oh i was like getting that like weird face recognition kind of thing where it's like i would squint and be like is that like that looks like natalie portman from like 2010 or something (laughs) i don't know like right right maybe right before was that around when were the when was episode two it feels like episode one natalie portman to me like size wise but like i thought she did an amazing job i also don't really know her from much at all Uh, i'm catching up on young actors and uh i think it's terrific you know it's just that helped too because i was like well i i don't really know her from something so i could just take it as priscilla I think the movie does a really, really, really good job, like, better than I've seen any movie do in a while, of aging her up. Like, because she plays Mm. from, like, 14 to, like, 29 or 30 in this movie. And, man, when she is... I mean, so she's in real life, she's 25. She just turned 25 this summer. So she's 24 when they're shooting this movie. And they make her look 14. Like, she doesn't really, like... In terms of the high school summer party, like, she doesn't really look 14, but she looks 
really young. Yes, and by yes. the end, you know, with the hairdos and the makeup and everything and the dress that she like the different types of dress that she wears, they make her. But I'm like to cover a 15 year span because like Elvis being older, like going from 24 or whatever he is to 40, say, right, is much different than going from like a 14 year old girl to a 29 year old woman. Like, And I think the movie yeah. does a, an incredible job. You know, whoever Sofia Coppola is, like, hair and makeup and costume designers, like, unbelievable. The hair. Oh, my God. The hair got so high. I never realized how high the hair got. And the, um, you know, did she start the trend of, like, that that thing with the eyes in the corner, like, the cat eye? That is coming back hard, uh, like, in modern. Like, girls are doing that a lot lately. I wonder if that was a Priscilla thing. And I love the scene where he's like, you know, you look great with jet black hair. <laughs> She's like, all right, and just does it. Uh, but you're but I mean, right. Like, like, even, like that kind of stuff is like, he's just like, don't wear that color, wear this color, change so your hair, rough. change your makeup. And yeah. she's like, no, but I like this dress. He's like, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she did like the uh, fashion show for everybody. And she finally comes out. She's like, I love this one. And he's like, no, no, no. Everything but that one. It's like, oh, man. But even but, that but was like, fucked up. Like, it's just Elvis and a bunch of his like dude friends, like watching her, like his like 16 mm-hmm. or whatever year old soon to be child bride. Like, it's just like, oh, boy, this is this is tough. Right. But but the movie, you're right. Like when we first see her drinking a Coke at the diner on the base, like it, that is like full on, you know, Lolita stuff right and then like at the end when she's at the casino with her girlfriends uh, before you know she's like oh I gotta go talk to Elvis like she looks like a woman you know now like they completely went through the entire like age range there I also think like they they really emphasize when she is 14 she's like I have to ask my dad I have to ask my parents my parents will never let me I have to be home at a certain time it's just like not only does she look young but it's just like I have to get permission because I am not old enough to drive a car it's so crazy, man. Like all this talk, the talk about school where Elvis is like, sir, I, I swear we'll enroll in a really good Catholic school. Like the nuns will take care of us. It's like, you mean high school? Like you're not talking about college. Like, and then, and, and she's like in high school graduating and they show up at her graduation with like the guns and their waists and like talking to all the nuns and shit. I was like, oh, right. Um, like high school girl. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, in real life, Jacob Elordi is only one year older than Kaylee Spaney, but oh, obviously okay. he plays 10 years older. Um, he's also like a foot. He's like maybe 16 inches tall. He's like he's six five and she's like five foot ish. So he's like almost a full foot and a half taller than her. But like, you know, that works really well for like uh dramatic effect or like artistic effect or whatever you want to call it like even if elvis wasn't that tall like just the the image of him just towering over her and the oppression of that and stuff like reads uh very cinematically i will say i saw this i was saving this for you know the next elvis episode we did but it makes more sense to talk about here but there was news that came out a week or two ago i guess you know in doing press for this movie that Jacob Elordi only knew about Elvis Presley from Lilo and Stitch before starring in Priscilla. What? During a recent Where? appearance on Jimmy Fallon, Elordi sat down to discuss his role. Quote, the most I knew of Elvis was in Lilo and Stitch, which is a lot, by the way. What do you mean? I mean, I've seen the movie. I don't remember a lot of Elvis. So in Stitch, it. like, dresses and sings as Elvis. Oh, okay. But he doesn't really speak, so it's all, like, 
So Lilo is an avid Elvis Presley fan, teaches Stitch how to become a, quote, model citizen like the singer, and at one point dresses Stitch up in a Presley-inspired ensemble. It features five of Presley's hits, Burn in Love, Heartbreak Hotel, Stuck on You, Suspicious Minds, Hound Dog, and Devil in Disguise. Wow. Well, I mean, that's cool. I wonder how many people intro to Elvis was a young Bruno Mars in the in the Nick Cage uh, honeymoon in Vegas. <laughs> Man, he went. That was, to, so I was in Hawaii too. Bruno Mars, Hawaii, Elvis. Mm-hmm. There's a huge connection there. <laughs> Apparently, he did not think he was going to get the part. Sofia Coppola had sent me these sides that said Elvis, and I was kind of just like, "There's no chance this is happening." So I watched a clip of him when he came back from the army in Germany. And I read lines for like 15 minutes, shot two takes, not thinking it would go anywhere. And he's great. Like uh, I don't, I don't like. I feel like this guy's a real actor in the sense that his his role as a horrible, horrible person on euphoria does not come across like doesn't seep in you know i never never thought of anybody but the character of elvis and i do believe like this is a character of elvis you know this is we can't go around saying this is exactly how any of these people were really but this is how she saw him so there's something valid about that you know this is just like she was there this is how this is what she saw so yeah one other moment in the movie really stuck out to me because it's a piece of music that i really really love but when he proposes to her, it, I call it, it's not, but I call it, it's the true romance music. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Like that, dun, yeah. Dun. The Badlands. But it's actually the Badlands. It music. is the Badlands thing, but it's, it's Carl, or- Carl Orff's Gassenhauer from Badlands mm-hmm. from this movie, which Hans Zimmer modeled the, the true romance. But I'm just like, like that to me, because yes. again, like I know it's, it's over the top. I know it's an action movie. It's whatever. I still think the true romance relationship is like so perfect and beautiful. And I think when I hear that music, it makes me happy. Like, oh, that's true love. And like, there's, I, you know, Sophia knows what she's doing. Like, she put that in there, right? Like, it's... Yeah. Dude, there is definitely, like, that. That that is part of, like, the true romance thing is, like, they're not really good, right for each other, but they are in love with each other, right? But so they're perfect like, for each other, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, like, this weird toxic relationship connotation with true romance as well and stuff. So, like, I mean, you know... Anyway, uh, I have a very, I had a, I had like a sit up moment for the music as well. I think it was early. I think it was very early. I think it might even be the credits um, where they used the Ramones version of Baby I Love You. Mm. I was like, that's fantastic. That was Well, I think that like, I didn't know before seeing the movie that the the estate had said no, but also Mm. like, if you've seen any Sofia Coppola movie, like, Marie Antoinette uses like non temper like temporarily inappropriate mm-hmm. music, right? Like she just like pulling stuff from everywhere. And I saw like in the opening credits, like music consultant Phoenix. I'm just like, okay, that makes sense. Like, you know, her husband's a musician of note and like, you know, she can whatever. So it didn't surprise me that like I almost thought it was like a choice. Like I you know, I, I'm curious what they would have used, what she would have used had they been able to use the music. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, it's interesting though that Elvis did do so many cover songs that they could they had him singing one song that he also sang in real life and stuff so like that was interesting too but but there wasn't that much score you know she didn't really add that much like of a score to it it's more just like what songs did she select to represent the era which I thought she did a good job yeah for sure I, I also like you know because we have a cage club bingo where it's like Elvis or the Beatles are mentioned. And there's that one where he's got a jukebox at his house. He just goes, what the hell's a Beatle? It's just like, all right, (laughs) cool, cool, man. (laughs) 
which like I don't I don't doubt that he didn't know, but it's just it's funny. Like it's a little it's almost like that thing like that I hate in Titanic, which is like, oh, this Picasso guy will never pan out. But it's like also just like <laughs> Elvis was living in his own world. Like I I much more yes. believe that he does not know who the Beatles are, even though I think he knew who the Beatles were. It's also just it's a funny line. Like I didn't mind that, but I, I think funny. it is also like we got to see too how you know Priscilla didn't really get Elvis one on one that much because he had like his posse right uh-huh. and he's there trying to impress priscilla but he's also cracking every joke that he can yes. think of like an improv artist like he's on who's lying or something like that he's like hey man whose line is it anyway like hey guys right guys it's like that was funny right and so like i get the sense that it was sort of a running joke that priscilla was getting in on where he was like the beatles right guys hey man these guys like they'll never be nothing and then, like it just became every time it's like what do you want to listen to e how about yep. not the Beatles? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You get this sense they're they're omnipresent, those dudes. Like it isn't it isn't a relationship with Elvis. It's Elvis and his homies. Like <laughs> they're everywhere. Well, I also like you know, when she first when he when he flies her from Germany to, to Graceland, he's like, I want you to meet the guys. He goes, I don't know, I don't know. He's like, This is Tommy, this is Tubby, and the rest <laughs> of the guys. It's just like you didn't even like you don't even like take the time. Like she just flew like ten thousand miles here. He's just like, here's two guys in the rest of them. You don't give a shit. They're, they're just, it's just like, all right, man, cool, okay. <laughs> He's like, they all they they may as well be the same guy. Those mm-hmm. Dudes, those three, they're all one guy. <laughs> I also think that they were like, you know, I don't know if this is a thing that Elvis loved, but like, they're not playing pool. They're playing snooker, which is a different game, mm. like a similar kind of looking mm-hmm. game. But I'm just like, oh, all right, that's kind of cool. Was that because there's like all kinds of billiards and stuff, and it's like maybe pool didn't become as popular until like I don't a little know. Later I mean, maybe. I, I mean, people still. I think snooker is more of like a British thing. Maybe he picked it up in the arm. I don't oh, know. There you, go. you know, oh. but like, I mean, you just like the name. Hey man, let's play that funny game called snooker, huh? <laughs> I have no idea how to play snooker, but there is a YouTube video. Like one of my all-time favorite YouTube videos is a guy like masterfully like working a snooker table. I'm just like, I don't know what I'm watching, but I can tell that this guy is really good. You know, it's just like it's it's unbelievable. So does he do that that one that one trick shot uh batman the horse oh he's like (laughs) judy 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 (laughs) is there other are there other performances of note in this i mean obviously just it's elvis and priscilla priscilla and elvis whatever i mean vernon's in there a little bit but like it's kind of just the two of them and i think that that also kind of highlights the loneliness of priscilla right like she doesn't even have like a friend yeah yeah when she says goodbye she says goodbye to elvis's grandma oh and like the two maids and like that that's like and then she kind of looks around like any anybody else say goodbye to like no i do All like right. I, I do like dodger because elvis is like yeah you know i, I almost hit her hit, hit her with a rock and you know she dodged and so she's always been grandma dodger i'm like okay All right. apparently the grandma was in black christmas the original black christmas which is cool so get the hell out of here that first one's a freaky movie man it's so i good. didn't see the remake yet but i'm up for it do you have other things, other thoughts, anything else to say about Priscilla? I mean, we obviously just saw this in theaters. Which I sort of, as when I left the theater, I jotted down some notes knowing we were going to talk about it tonight. So I don't have like a list of like, there's, I don't know, yeah. there's not a lot of trivia out. We didn't watch it, you know, take notes while watching it. But anything else to say about Priscilla? I also, I mean, it also just looks beautiful. Like not, it, not, not only just yeah. the like costumes and the set decoration, whatever, but like the shots, the cinematography, like the Sofia Coppola just like framing of things. Like it just you know in terms of the authorship or whatever you want to say like you know you're watching one of her movies because like very few other movies look like this well so that is i'm glad you said that because i'm watching the movie going like i feel like this came out in like 2013 you know or like 2008 or something like it feels more of like she's she's still working in the 
in the zone that she was in back when she was doing movies then and stuff like I, I don't know it doesn't feel like it's not modern in the sense it doesn't cut quickly it's not like zipping around the room like there's a lot of really interesting shots of of like going around the room but it's not like a fast-paced quick wham bam kind of thing that i think like it could have been in a lot of ways and it's like it really takes its time uh like it really just like inspects things and like one of my favorite things about the opening credits is how it just like cuts to like crazy shit in graceland like the chandelier and the piano like the bathroom like the rug um like that was a lot of fun so like i don't know it kind of felt like archival in that way as well where she was like i'm also documenting the way things looked precisely so she's great when it comes to all all of that stuff I, I, I do want to say, so in addition to not being able to use the music, apparently they lost some funding like a week or a month before they were supposed to start shooting. So she had to cut, they, they shot the whole movie in 30 days, but they had to cut a week of shooting. So like, I wonder, because hmm. I think the movie we got, I, I do have a, I, I do have a criticism that I want to, I want to bring up, but like, I, I, I wonder what the, how the movie we got compares to like what she originally would have wanted. If she was able to use the music, if she had the full budget, if she was able to shoot the whole thing, like. Because I think what's here is largely really, really good, and I'm just wondering what it would have been otherwise. Yeah, that'd be interesting to to check out. Like, um, what what other if she if she had more liberty, I guess, to play around with like the Elvis side of stuff. You know, what she would have done differently would have been cool. But I think the last thing I want to mention is I had a I had a big crowd when I went to see this. I went to see oh, this yeah. mm-hmm. like the day the Saturday after it opened. So it it opened on a Friday. I saw it that Saturday. In the afternoon, a lot of young people, so like six teenage girls like walked in with all their like bags and sat behind me the whole movie. And it seemed like they were digging it for the most part. But then when the movie ended, like two of them in unison just go like, that's it. And and that kind of made me feel like really happy. You know, I was like, yes, that is it. Like that felt complete to me. And like, I got up and I was like, wow, good. I'm glad they sort of had like a slap in the face ending experience on this, where it was just like a, they, they might've, this might be the first movie they saw that was just like inconclusive, you know, like, yeah. and then she went on with her life kind of thing. <laughs> so I think that the, the sort of criticism that I have of this movie, and I was talking to shreds, my co-host of how to win the lottery. He and I see, we did not see it together, but he saw it over the weekend. And I saw it last night. And he said he thinks like the first two thirds are just about perfect and then it kind of falls apart. And I think that like it sort of just reflects the marriage for better or worse. And like, I don't Mm. know how you end it otherwise, but it does kind of feel like, you know, when the movie is going to end, right? Like, you know, the movie is going to end when she leaves the marriage because like we're following her life, but we're not following her life without Elvis. We're following her life in the time with Elvis, right? Oh, and so you know you when imagine if we go to the set of Naked Gun? <laughs> please, please. Um, but it's the kind of thing where just like, I get that. And like, there's a couple different shots where I'm like, is this the final? Like, it wouldn't make sense as a final shot, but like one time when Elvis drives off in the tour bus... And then mm-hmm. the other time where there's kind of like not a dream sequence, but it's shot like a dream sequence where he's performing on stage. I think you met, you referenced it earlier. And I'm like, this kind of feels like it could be the final shot of the movie where it's like, it's a movie called Priscilla, but her life is so like so much of the air in her life is eaten up or swallowed or consumed by Elvis that it would almost make sense in a sad, ironic way for the final shot to be him and not her. Right. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. but it makes sense for her to like tell him that he's leaving her like you were saying say goodbye to the grandma and the maids and then drive off as she hears i think it's the dolly parton version of i will always love yes. you right yes it is so yeah like it's it's a really really nice ending but i think there is something like the, them falling in love and them falling like you know and elvis like again not a great thing but getting like passionately being mean and cruel to her really helps the movie fly and then when they are falling out of love or when she is falling out of love with him or whatever the movie does i think slow down a little bit i don't know how you do it better and i don't really mind it but also i you know it's it's yeah i don't know it illustrates how difficult it is to comp- to like convey what was actually going on you know like it was messy it was confusing and complicated and i think that comes across in the third act the third act is like kind of a jumble because like things were happening quickly and a lot of stuff was going on in a short period of time that's how it appears you know it's like well she left graceland and she's going to stay in la and then she meets some guy but then you know she's still connected with elvis and they have the daughter and they take and then she goes to vegas and sees him for the last time but then she goes back to graceland and does that for the last time and then you know, I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed it. I liked it. I, I like how Sophia kind of like holds your hand through this movie. It, like, that's how it kind of felt, you know? And I think that's what I meant with like, you don't get that a lot these days where um, it's just Sophia kind of like saying, look, look at what, look at how, what, and there's not a lot of dialogue. It's a very quiet movie, you know? So it's all show. There's very little telling. It's like all showing. Yep. You know, so that so like that that was very skillful too, and I and I liked that. And again, it just kind of felt like Sophia was like, like sitting next to me, going like, "See, see, like that, like in a good way, in a good way, being like, here's where we're going next. Like, come with me." Yeah, I want to also shout out the uh, Priscilla's parents. Her dad played by Ari Cohen, who I don't I've seen him in a handful of things. He's in the two new It movies in different roles because that's you know time shift or whatever. He plays a rabbi in the first one. And he plays Stanley's dad in the second one. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, but the mom is played by Dagmara Dominic. I don't know how to pronounce it, but she plays Carolina on Succession, which is a pretty major role. So oh, okay. I've seen her for sure a lot more than I've seen him. But they're both good, you know? And he's, she's also in Bottoms, which is wonderful. I highly recommend Bottoms if you've not seen Bottoms from this year yet. All right. Bottoms rules. Um, for real now, though, any other final thoughts about Priscilla? That's bad. And now we're just waiting for the Lisa Marie movie one day. You know, that is going to be insane. If, if if anything Marco has told us about that wedding is true, that sequence alone, when she marries Nick Cage, uh, will be nuts. Oh, please. <laughs> uh, we did Harem Skyrim just about a month ago. Our next Elvis movie, as we guessed on that episode, is Frankie and Johnny, which I would imagine we'll probably do soon when we watch the Nicolas Cage film Dream Scenario. So stay tuned for that. But... Check out cageclub.me for all Elvis episodes, all other shows. Uh, Mike's got a show about Uncle Francis, Francis Ford Coppola. So I would imagine one day you and Brian will cover this movie on there in a different lens, different mm-hmm. lights. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for, if you want to email in, king, K-I-N-G, at cageclub.me. Let us know if you liked the movie, hated the movie, protective of Elvis, like seeing him portrayed the way he did. He was, you know, whatever. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And we will see you next time right here on Viva Pod Vegas.